0: now live and on lockdown. Are you, Are, you Are, you Are you ready? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen you. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. The host, Fraser Ramsey.
1: Hey, this is Afia Lethem, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed. Going Beyond Borders.
0: Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from com. Proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast.
2: Welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. Uh, this is we are our guest all the way from Tennessee in the USA. Am I keep, keeping it going beyond borders all the way in America and things? And uh, I like interviewing people and connecting people and basically... Um, bringing their brand to the UK or internationally. That's what I like to do. And uh, my guest today is Marsha White. Uh, so we'll be talking about her business, what she does, a bit about her background, where she's obviously growing up, and just obviously a way that you, hopefully what she does will resonate with you and you'll be able to connect with her afterwards and hopefully maybe get some bit exchange business or whatever you choose to do, and hopefully uh, and basically to hear her story. And her story, well, what she she does and what she's been through and anything in her life that will inspire you in some way or form and that's the main thing is what I like to do is inspire people and to hopefully encourage people through other people's stories because at the end of the day it's not about me it's about my guest and that's the main thing so I will also have our usual shout outs on the podcast people who support our podcast and we thank you for them and uh, we'll end uh, usually I've lined up some tunes, but I will probably pick some random tunes to the podcast and just play them because I like supporting upcoming artists around the world. And uh, you can, that's what I'll do. So, um, and also, yeah, so as I say, we will hopefully aim to get another wee, a topic of a wee inspirational 60-second tips. I used to get some Benita Charles does a 60-second singing tips. I've not done one in a while, but I'll hopefully, as I say, We'll like to try and get somebody to do a sixty 60-second spot for me going forward. Um, and i like to support what they do. So, well. Marsha White to the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys over there across the pond? <laughs> yeah, it's cold. I've got the heating on. It's uh, certainly a bit chilly, uh, to say the least. It's uh, So, it's, uh, yeah, kind of keeping warm.
1: <laughs> it's the, it's <laughs> We've had our first warm day in a while, so I'm really happy. We've been having some low temperatures here, but it's uh sixty right now, so yay. <laughs>
2: I'll take i I'll take sixty, I'll take that, no problem. Uh it's been not too bad today, but it's uh, certainly yeah, it's been quite pleasant, but it gets cold. It's getting chilly at night now. But uh hey, that's the Scotland for you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us uh, tell us a bit about um who's marsha white let's start with this usually i do a, a, a plan when I talk about this sort of the, the before the life the life growing up and usually I do then the middle and what you're doing now so i'm going to mix it about a bit just to sort of keep it interesting so um let's talk about what you do now and then obviously we'll backtrack to how you that all came about uh, so let's so what is it you do now in Tell us a little bit what the now. Okay. Well, uh, again, my name is Marshall White. My company
1: is Gratitude Speak, and I do speaking and coaching, business coaching, specifically in the client experience arena. And the reason why I'm so um, obsessed with this, so committed to this, is I know what it feels like to not have a great experience from the consumer end from the employee end, and from the uh, peer-to-peer end of the business spectrum. And when I say client experience, Frazier, it's not just client or customer service. A lot of people get them mixed up. They're not synonymous, though they're related. And the best way I can put it is, if you as a business owner or manager or employee cannot move Your customer or client or patron or guest or whatever you call those you serve, if you cannot move them from the information or discovery phase through that and to the investment or payment stage, you have no customer or client to give service to. So customer service is is an integral part, but not the only part of the experience. And I think so many times businesses miss the mark when... Oh, my gosh, over 20 years ago, the big computer giant Dell mm-hmm. assigned a client experience council just to keep on the radar, you know, what we now know is journey mapping, what a customer went through or should go through from start to finish. And that's something that I'm determined to bring to small businesses, to entrepreneurs, to solopreneurs. Because it's time for all of us to get a piece of that pie that we can enjoy thoroughly. So I speak on it. I do corporate trainings. I do individual trainings. I have a lot of fun, and hopefully, you know, make a a little bit of a difference. So, so that's that's basically what I do in a nutshell.
2: Okay, so that's what we'll do. So dissect that a bit more uh, later on. Well, let's so let's talk about your well. Because something it's good to when you lead up to how you got into all that. There's always the the foundation because so It doesn't just happen overnight. You obviously have to no, go doesn't. through. A, you have to go through a process. So, <laughs> um, tell us before now. You, now the people listening have heard what you do. will dissect that and we'll kind of, But let's tell us about your life. Tell us about growing up. Where were you born? Brought up? Background? School? What was life? Was it good, bad, and different? It was all of the above. Okay.
1: <laughs> I I grew up. Um, I guess middle-class working family, Midwest ethic. I'm born and raised in Chicago. And my mother was an entrepreneur early. She was a seamstress and designed for people who sang primarily, but she did, you know, a lot of people's other dresses. And then she went back to school, got her degree to teach. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Needless to say, my brother and I always had to have our homework, you know, and good grades. <laughs> and my dad was a cop. Uh, working, you know, I'm a baby boomer. So here we are in the 60s and 70s, you know, a lot of unrest, racial tension in Chicago. And uh, I survived it, thank goodness. And made. I think I made something of myself. <laughs> or I'm still making something of myself. Um, you know, life was was pretty good. I mean, there were it was not without its ups and downs. For instance, one of the things that made me so sensitive because I have um, a a fairly varied background. One of the things that made me so sensitive to mm-hmm. others is my older brother, my only sibling. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. Now he left us in uh, 2012. Okay. Um, he he had a at the time, a very rare uh, blood condition. And he was known as a bleeder. And kids, you know, kids can be cruel little people. And uh, sometimes they would, or oftentimes, they would, you know, hit him or throw rocks or things just to see him bleed. Because like I said, you know, when we're little people, we just, we're awful. And it was too much for me. So I began to fight and the roles were reversed. I became the little sister protector from the big brother. Now, he wasn't a wuss. He wasn't a chump, but, you know, you could very easily and very uh, severely injure him. So, you know, watching someone grow up with um, a condition like that and uh, watching my mom and dad struggle. Sometimes my dad worked uh, even three jobs. Most times he worked two you know, I had to grow up really fast. My mom said we were never children. We always had to be little adults. But I began to kind of make a name for myself as one not to be messed with. And I still kind of carry that mantra today because that's how I raised my my kids. My husband was the big gentle giant. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like the, um, the mean little terrier that would, you know, get after you if you crossed me. So, but it made me more sensitive to the plight of of people and what they deserve, how they deserve to be treated.
2: So, how, um, how was it? How was it then in the days of obviously with your dad being a, a, a cop? Uh, how did it, did it, did it resonate I mean, with you? Ever have the standard fear that you probably get that not obviously if you, a policeman in, in the life come home at night? Will he come home at night? Is that kind of always there I mean, as a yes. child? Because it must be can't be easy. No, it's
1: not. The one thing though we were taught was a respect for the law. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this many, many years removed, <laughs> being a policeman's child back in the day, especially a young uh teenage driver with a fairly lead foot. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's name got me out of a lot of tickets, but don't uh... tell anybody. <laughs> um so that was the good thing. The bad thing was, and I guess in, in my sense, growing up at the time, it was kind of bad because it's like, dang, I can't get away with anything because everybody knows my father. He had trained, you know, he was one of the original uh, cops when Chicago Park District and the Chicago Police Department merged. Okay. So he knew a lot of people. So I always felt compelled to try to get away with as much as I could without getting caught because (laughs) I didn't want to deal with the consequences. And that's, we're just going to leave that right
2: there. (laughs) You may not be be sitting here right now if you had.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but I did grow up with a healthy respect for the law, a healthy respect for order and, um, and, and a healthy respect for law enforcement when, when carried out responsibly and ethically. You know what I mean? And with all the stuff that's going on right now over here in the states, it breaks my heart, you know, um, to see what what we've become in terms of citizens and law enforcement, because I can sympathize with both sides, you know, and and I know my dad would be would be disappointed. But um, the other thing I always had a healthy respect for, my brother and I both, Frazier, was we were never, ever, not even once tempted to play with my father's weapons oh. and we knew where they were. We didn't have a safe in the house. We, he didn't lock them up. He said, this is my work stuff. Don't touch it. And that was enough for us. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but that was a different time. Families were not nearly as distracted and fragmented and having so many other things to do. Mm-hmm. And, and there was also a time when all your neighbors knew your business so you know you, you couldn't get away with too much doing the block and let me say this yeah. there were five policemen that lived on our block so we all were
3: <laughs> uh,
2: so, <laughs> we all
1: kind of towed the line so yeah there we go
2: <laughs> brilliant that's good so that so yeah. So you you were saying briefly. You you, you obviously did your homework. Your, yeah. Obviously, had everything was your mum. You your mum was a teacher. You know. You missed that. Missed that point. Yeah. Mum was. My mom was a teacher. She taught yeah. high school. She taught high
1: school um, English, and she taught uh, business. You know, oh. back in the day, most of your well, I don't know all of your demographic, but some of the younger demographic may not even know what shorthand is she taught shorthand and I'm sure they have, well, it's not called typing anymore. I think it may be called keyboarding, but we had old fashioned typewriters. Mm-hmm. And so she taught that. So I learned to have, you know, good diction, good grammar, good spelling, good reading skills early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully I never had, to, I, did, I did take typing, but I never had to do shorthand. You know, by the time I entered the workforce as an, you know, as a secretarial, um, i I got summer jobs in offices um they had what was it the little dictaphones with the little tape recorder so I could just plug in the tape i didn 't have to sit there in somebody 's office and take it down as they were talking so that was helpful
2: mm-hmm. okay cool so that, um uh, anyway so um so tell us about the your obviously next kind of your schooling you obviously you 've had a strict discipline you obviously your dad's a cop you uh you're, your mum's <laughs> A teacher my mom know.
1: was actually the disciplinarian because she was home more than my dad
2: that's good but well, you you're know? not you're not going to get away with uh not doing homework so basically you've uh, oh, no. had that, you, you've had a good grounding of uh, my mom was no joke <laughs> that's good Well, it sounds like you've had a good ground you've had a good grounding in your uh in your upbringing obviously everything's yeah which is a good focus which is good and not it's obviously so. What, when you finished school, what did you do afterwards? Did you go to university, college, university, or what? Yes, was
1: it? I went to college for business, and because um, I liked, you know, money, <laughs>
2: okay.
0: and
1: I started working in um, a law firm. Okay. And I, I toyed with the idea. I started as a legal secretary in a small firm, and then um, I went to a larger firm, a global firm, actually. And started working for one of the partners, and then kind of toyed with the idea of law school. Went, took some paralegal studies, Mm -hmm. um, got a uh, degree in that, and they had a short degree. They call it a short degree certificate program. Got that, and the the weirdest thing, I I think it's still crazy to this day. I was working again for a partner, which means my salary and anything that I had came directly from his funding, his portion of the profits in the firm. But there were people that actually worked for the firm. They would work for a department. And so once I finished that uh, school of study or course of study, the firm made me an offer. And here's the crazy part. The offer was, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. I could work for the department, which means I would have more people to report to for less pay. Oh, right. (laughs) So I'm going to give you three guesses and the first two don't count which option I took. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought that was very interesting Uh, and I liked it, but after a while I I capped out salary wise and I knew it was time to move on. In the meantime, I had, um, I felt a call on my life in ministry. Okay, and, interesting. Mm. yes, I know. And and but I've always been uh, very uh, deep in my faith, um, and and um, so I had a good talking a talk with my pastor, and well, he said, "You know, what you, will need- you pause."
2: On, I'm going to pause you in there. We're going to come. Okay. I'm, going to take a, I'm going to take a break in the, in the because that seems this could be interesting. I like to dissect this a bit more, but we'll come into that. This is I'm going to pause you there. It's just to, listeners are, who are listening will be in suspense. So we going to take a quick break. we to do a shout-out to our usual people who support our, our show. Uh, i on my show, uh, Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. And we do, like, support, the, like, these, giving the shout-outs to the people. It's great to... Uh, Support them. Um, I've got to myself. I obviously support my own show because I'm EdinburghDusters.co.uk cleaners Edinburgh. Uh, if you're looking for cleaning services, as I say, eh, there's me and I can come and help you clean your house if you're struggling a bit. Um, there's ideas go live web design by John Drummond. Um, he designed my business website and he's also a partner for the project I'm doing as well. Uh, so which is great I, so it's John looking for websites John Drummond from Ideas Go dot com fantastic guy um, brilliant for what he does uh, shout out to BenitaCharles dot com BenitaCharles dot Benita, Benita com he's who a musical artist and, does, and usually provides her 60 second singing tips as well the guy R, Guy R. Cook who also does the Guy R. Cook Report podcast he does websites as well from domain hosting uh, so I recommend these guys uh, here at eileensmith.com. That's dot smith.com. And you can always look at our YouTube channel. She's testing live streaming platforms and constantly doing things. Uh, so if you're ever looking to try to podcast or live streaming things, I recommend Eileen Smith. Uh, Brent Mann Music. Brent Mann is a country gospel singer and lives in Tampa, Florida, originally from Canada. He's a he's a great supporter of us and may recommend supporting his music. Fantastic guy. Shannon Griffin from For Humanities does t-shirt design and also re- highly recommend her. If you want to look for some t-shirts or to start a t-shirt business, you can have a look at some of the stuff she does. She's constantly going live on Facebook, so you can't really miss her. So I uh, certainly recommend Shannon Griffin. So that's our supporters. We always... So as I say, we also are mainly uh, sponsored by, we are sponsored by kingdomweeds.com, which is, um, well, will actually changed now. It's not Kingdom Weeds. It's actually Frame Your Day app now because it's the same person. If you leave them, it's just created frame your day, the Frame Your Day app. So I bought it, which includes Kingdom Weeds and Zakia Ringgold Natural Soap by Zickia. So, uh, we, and you can certainly... We thank you for them and thank you for the people who do support us and listen to us as i say we're here to help we're here to support here to inspire people and here to bring your brand to an international podcast in scotland uh, as to bring your brand to the uk basically and also upcoming artists and their music so uh, anyway well uh, and that's my shout out to everybody. and we're going to have some random tunes this, you know, uh, during this podcast but we're going to get back to my guest my guest is marsha white all the way from Tennessee, and uh, maybe I drink whiskey and Jack Daniels, but we won't, maybe not. <laughs> but we'll come back to so back to my guest, and I'll stop waffling on. Anyway, how are you? You still surviving? I am. And
1: just, just the the distillery in Lynchburg, Tennessee, to which you just referred, Jack Daniels, mm. is probably about two and a half hours away from me. So,
2: so a bad. healthy little distance. That's mm-hmm. good. That's cool Well, anyway, let's get back to the point where we teased. The next part is <laughs> I was going to stop I didn't want to go too far. let's talk about your faith. You mentioned you have a faith. Tell us about your faith uh, tell us uh, yeah, how did you get into it.
1: Well, um, my mom and dad took us to church all the time when we were growing up, and I grew up, initially um, an episcopal, and after a while, as a teenager, when I got to be about 13. It just wasn't working for me anymore I, here's the thing when your mom is you know the head of Christian education
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it, you can only be you know Mary in the Christmas pageant so many years, and the narrator of the Easter Pageant and all that because you don't have a choice, but there there weren't the kind of young people oriented programs that I was looking for, and a friend of mine who lived next door to us said you need to come to my church. We have a new young pastor and he is just really on fire and he has a heart for young people. And she just went on and on and on. And she kept after me and kept after me because I had decided I wasn't going to church anymore, you know, and I was going through my defiant. I know everything. I'm now a teenager years, you know, I'm double digit, So you can't tell me anything. Um, cut to the chase. I finally said to her after like the umpteenth time, girl, if I go to church with you at least once, will you leave me alone about it? And mm-hmm. She said, sure. And I did. I went to church that night, and the sermon touched me that I walked the aisle that night and fully committed my life to the Lord because there was, it was a different way that the message was brought, the music, and I saw so many of the other young people in the neighborhood that I had been you know, raised with, went to school with. They were all there and active. And I thought, this is what I've been looking for. And I stayed at that church for most, let me see, that was around 13. And I didn't leave there until I was almost 30 because I went to seminary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I felt the call on my life, I sat down, as I told you, um, before we went to break. I had a talk with my pastor and he said, if this is something that you think is worth in, you know, investigating a little more, I will write a letter of recommendation for you. And so he and some other people did. You know, you have to have character references and business references and all that to see if you're the kind of student they really want in the program. And so I pursued my Master's of Divinity. And um, it was interesting because, Frasier, I will, I will tell you, it is not something I ever, I ever saw for myself. There were, I don't know if they were ever big in your country, but years ago there were, I think we have a cereal here called Raisin Bran, Kellogg's Raisin Mm -hmm. Mm Bran. And they Mm -hmm. had this really cute advertising or marketing uh, campaign that had a little animated group of raisins. And since raisins here primarily are grown in California— they were called the California raisins. You know, I know it's terribly original, but it wasn't my marketing campaign. And I had a shirt that said, "From hell raising, raisin." You know. Yeah, got you. Yeah. To Jesus raisin, <laughs> uh-huh. and I wore that shirt proudly because that was kind of my story. And as it turned out, through seminary, I had to leave the church that I loved. And go somewhere else because, you know, in the Bible, it says a prophet is without its own, without honor in his own land. So I went to a church in, in about, about 15 minutes away to do my field placement. Um, now, just before that, when I said I tried running from the call, which I don't know how many people you've talked to that have felt the pull of ministry on their life. It's a daunting task to consider, really, you know, because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to preach and teach and lead people who know all my where, not only all the skeletons, but where they're buried? <laughs> um, and so I tried everything I could to run from it, to fight it, to, to disown it. I even, went, I even went so far as to open my own catering service because I loved to cook and I used to do party planning consultations. And I justified that by saying, well you know there's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus says to Peter, "If you love me, feed my sheep." So I'm feeding the sheep and several of my, you know, closest friends said that ain't what he was talking about.
2: What what's, so, your, what's your what's your favorite dish?
1: Oh my gosh, uh anything with pasta. <laughs> okay. Anything with pasta. In fact, we just had shrimp scampi last night, but I love um there's a dish that I One of my bad habits, I guess, is I'll go to restaurants and order something, and then I'll go home and recreate it. And so I had this wonderful uh, chicken dish that had a Chardonnay butter sauce with roasted tomatoes and mushrooms and artichokes. And I think I make it better than the restaurant. So it's served over pasta. So there you go. That's Mm -hmm. nice
2: but yeah. I've just I've just been cooking as I say this I've, I actually made me lose my, forget that we're actually doing a podcast even though I phoned you yesterday to remind you i just confirm what time it was again I was in the process of cooking uh, a roast I mean roast chicken but I, I slightly different so I got the roast chicken and I actually instead of our usual breadcrumb stuffing that you put inside the chicken mm-hmm. I got pork mince or like shredded beef or beef, whatever you different Mm -hmm. over there but pork mince and mixed it with a chopped red onion two eggs and cauliflower rice. no sorry broccoli rice added some uh, garlic and mixed herbs into it mushed it all up stuffed it inside the chicken and then covered i covered the chicken with streaky bacon and then oh wow and then stick it in the oven and roast it that Uh, sounds yummy yeah, so I will. I will know if it's, it tastes. Yeah, because I've got the once it's ready. And <laughs> once I've done this, I'm about to eat eat it. So, uh, so the prep. But it's on my story on Facebook. Actually, about to see the prep. Um, so I'm, the once it's finally. I'll I will have to go look for that. Definitely. Yeah, so it's it's actually it's a, obviously it's a low, it's, and I'm cooking some sprouts to go with it. So low, it's because it's it's I do keto style eating. It's low carb, high fat. So. And it's, it fills you up. So to get the nice, good fat inside you, and it's great. Love it. So, uh, and the flavors are all there. So, it's all good.
1: Yeah, that sounds so, wonderful.
2: And it's actually so it's uh, a little
1: far for me to run it, or a little far for you to send me a plate, but I'll <laughs> look on your stories on Facebook and see how I can recreate that. I mean, a so good go. thing.
2: So, I, I do like, uh, I'm a bit, I always, because when you bake in and the, or you cover your chicken or your turkey and streaky bacon, and you cook it in the oven. You get the and obviously you get the nice crispy bacon at the end, but the flavors and the juice and the oh yeah, everything is just. I've wrapped weird. a
1: meatloaf in bacon before, but never a chicken. So that's one that'll be one on my list to do. So thank well, you. for you, you look, look
2: at, at my story, yeah, as well. as It's all good. And, um, so.
1: So you're with Peter too. You're feeding the sheep.
2: <laughs> well, kind of well, feeding myself, <laughs> kind of thing. So <laughs> but um but yeah, so as I say, like so you're what you're you, you recreated that restaurant dish, which is good. What other kind of food do you like as you cook?
1: My favorite cuisine, hands down, is Italian. Okay. Um more not the seafood part, but just the, the light sauces, the pastas, the way that they do vegetables. It's wonderful. I love roasted, just about any roasted vegetable. Okay. Um, yeah, just, we could go on. We could turn this whole thing into a food. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> but I don't think your listeners want that.
2: Yeah, yeah they'll be hitting their kitchen as they listening to this. Hey, you making me hungry. Help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, that's good. So, you're, as you said, you got into the the cooking to feed your sheep, so...
1: Yeah, feed the sheep, and that um, it was a successful business. Honestly, it was a successful business. I had a very targeted niche market. Even before I realized what targeted niche markets were, I knew exactly who I wanted to serve, and that I'm was. Quite, I have to
2: say, I was quite impressed. You say niche, we say niche. You say, and some people say niche over in America, and they could they, Well, yeah. You've got it right. But I'll say I say
1: ambulance, and some people say ambulance. So I mean, it's
2: tomato, tomato. I, that's um, I said, I said, usually of your niche in America was well, niche. Oh, is your, okay. It's quite impressive. Well, I'm really it well, you say it correctly. Well, hey, I'm impressed. <laughs> look, look, I take cream in my tea. So you know, there you go. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, as it, well, cream as in full fat milk, or are you talking about, or actually double? I'm talking pepper. about flavored
1: creamer, but sometimes I'm not above putting like real whipping cream in my tea. Okay. With, a little, with a little
2: honey. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? We're going to turn this into a food show. Right, okay. Well, that's, 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 an interesting, <laughs> that's an interesting combination. But we'll either, we'll either have day. Anyway, so carry on. Sorry. So
1: um, I had the, the catering company. And actually, I kept it because that helped pay my tuition, the mm-hmm. extra money, because I, I was still working full time, going to school full time at night. And you know, fitting in the catering jobs when I could, but you know, it helped tremendously. And then um, I went on to uh, be granted a well. Then I, <laughs> then I ended up marrying my best friend, who was also in ministry. He and I were on similar journeys. He had given up a lucrative government job and had been one of my trusted advisors. And we had been friends for about five years, and it was pretty amazing because the two other people that we were closest with actually ended up going into ministry as well. So it was kind of the beginning of a, a secret club of unknowing ministers in training. So it was great to have people to bounce things off of. And uh, Jim and I really had something special. We became a real great team um, and, and just had so much fun over the years. And we were Friends for five years and married for almost 24. And we were as different as night is from day in terms of our styles, in terms of the way we studied and prepared, but it worked. And then uh, Lorita and Donovan, who were not a couple, just two you know, other friends, uh, we could bounce things off of them and they came from other backgrounds. So it was kind of cool, had really fun uh, conversations. And I've Mm -hmm. lost track of Donovan over the years because, you know, sometimes distance. But Loretta and I still talk often on Facebook and my phone. And whenever I go home to Chicago, she's still there and we hang out around food because she loves to cook,
3: too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a theme here. (laughs) Everybody likes to eat. Um, But, you know, it, it, it was it was a good time in my life. But it also, again, reaffirmed or reconfirmed that. I have a heart for serving. I have a heart for relationships and making things as comfortable as possible, not being a doormat phrase. I want to be very clear, mm-hmm. but making, seeing the possibilities of what can be in a relationship, be it a regular, you know, everyday friendship, a love affair, a business relationship, whether it's, you know, colleague to colleague, peer to peer or employee employer. So that has served me well through the different careers, because one of the things when I was working at the law firm, uh, my, my boss was, uh, he, he was of German descent, of Austrian descent actually. And we had several clients that I helped keep the relationship going because he was very much the legal beagle. He was a very nice gentleman. Please don't um, misunderstand me but he was very much into the law and whatnot and so sometimes the relationship was a little lacking and I helped take up that slack or at least I like to think that I did so I knew that there was something for me I didn't know what but that came later in my life when I discovered how it all you know kind of culminates the older you get so
2: yeah Wow so so, so now you've finished ministry school Yes Where did you, where did you go next?
1: Um, school wise, that was it. (laughs) Um, I was was schooled and student loaned and tuitioned out. Okay. Uh, But next for me was, as I said to you earlier, the law firm had lost its luster for me. I knew I had capped out salary wise. I knew I wasn't going to law school and I was tired of being support staff because I felt really underappreciated and definitely underpaid especially considering what they would bill clients for, but what I was actually getting of that. You know what I mean? Because what what the client bill reflected was nowhere near what my paycheck reflected, trust and believe. And, and so I was praying. It's like, Lord, I, I need to do something else. And so oddly enough, this was back in the 90s. And I said, I need to get out of here. I need to move. I need to do something different and had started negotiating with a venture venture capital firm which I had no idea what that was at the time but there was a great position that they were talking to me about I can't remember the details now because it's been you know over 25 years but my husband had been given a church in the in a branch of the Methodist church and if um, I don't know how big Methodism is across the pond but Methodist is an Episcopal Government. There's two kinds of religious There's government There's Episcopal and congregational. Episcopal just means you are sent places based on the itinerancy of Jesus. So a bishop will send you somewhere. Um, and my husband call, called me at work one day and said, Hey, babe, what do you think about Tennessee? And I said, I think it's a state in the union. What about it? Um, I said, I know it's in the south. And he said, well, Bishop called and he's, you know, offered me the opportunity to pastor a church there. And I was less than thrilled. I'm like, really? Are you serious? And I remember stopping at my desk and looking up and I'm saying, Lord, what I really meant was perhaps I didn't make, you know, what I I meant when I said, you know, I need to get out of here. Not out of Chicago where I'm born and bred. I've got, you know, my relatives, my friends. <clears throat> My support group, you know, we've got two children by this time. I'm like, that's not what I meant. Going south, are you kidding me? I'm a northerner, Yankee, through and through. Nonetheless, um, we talked about it and Jim felt led to to take that opportunity. And I really prayed long and hard and said, okay, I will not divide our household. We're going to, you know, we're in this to win this. And um, we're not going to do the commuter marriage thing. So, you know, I... Uh, Packed up my little stuff and we went south, and uh, we're, still good. Uh, we're still here. Yeah, yeah. Big adjustment, big adjustment, um, but I made it, and uh, you know. And with with as my mother calls it planes, trains, and automobiles, I can be anywhere I need to be within a few hours. So that's you know, it wasn't as daunting as I thought it was. It was just the initial shock. So I was like. <gasps> What am I gonna do? I don't know anybody. Then I thought, Ding dong, you have a telephone. You know, the internet wasn't like quite as big as it is now, but we did have regular telephones, and you know, we had a family cell phone, because that was in the days of the brick. Yeah. <laughs> the, thing, the thing looked like you had to carry it on your shoulder. But we managed, we managed, and, and it turned out to be a good experience. It turned out to be a good experience. My children are are happy here. And uh, yeah, that's where we are now.
2: Over here, you tend to get the. Um, and we're gonna, over here, you tend to get the Methodist. Um, well, the, the Episcopal. A lot of churches who were Episcopalian are sp- are splitting from the Episcopal Church to more become independent because over here the Episcopalian church is becoming more or less Christian, as they are due to a lot of certain issues. Uh, hence, there's that's what's happening over here. Uh, the, because of the way they are, they're not quite. They're agreeing with a lot of things that we <laughs> shouldn't be agreeing with, technically.
1: Well, you know, religious freedoms and and those kinds of things. I try to stay away from those discussions because they usually lead to arguments. Religion and politics isn't that the two yeah. things they say don't get too deep in. Um.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's why. Uh, yeah. So there's over here. There's that kind of thing. A lot of them are becoming because they're not quite. Yeah going down the right road these days so uh, so hence uh, there's a lot of churches are splitting away from them because of that scenario it's uh, I won't go and sit because uh, it can open up a can of worms in our discussion <laughs> for later days <laughs> but uh, but yeah so we've kind of covered a little bit we've kind of covered you with uh, obviously life growing up uh, we've covered what you did now but we're going to and we've covered the building how you got into your, your faith and now so I suppose it's really the what will we'll dissect the now which we talked at the beginning or we'll dissect just how you I mean, you've got um you've moved because your husband's moved because of the ministry uh did you what was you, did you just do support your husband in ministry? Did you get a job in some your is it was it a venture capitalist you went into in Tennessee or was it I never like, took the venture capitalist I job. Never, that was, was in Chicago. Right, when right. I had
1: prayed, it was time for me to leave the law firm. I knew that you know it was coming to an end, it had lost its luster and I was just looking for a different position.
2: Okay, so let so, that. Right, and you, then
1: we he called, we moved to Tennessee.
2: So what are you uh, did you get a job yourself or did you just let him Support him and be a pastor's wife.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, about that. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't want anybody to think that I'm, you know, docile and super subservient and all that. I have always been my, very much my own person. And my husband always loved and respected that about me. So it was a big shock when we moved here. The church had a parsonage. And he said, babe, I know that you have worked your entire life. I'd really like to take that pressure off of you. I really just want to give you the freedom to stay home and raise the kids. And while there are probably some women listening that would go, oh, my God, I'd love that opportunity. I didn't quite welcome it in the same way. I mean, you know, the first the first few weeks, it's fine. You know, you don't have to get you you have to get up to fix the kids breakfast. You know, you do the whole TV sitcom scenario thing where it's just wonderful and you, you know, that you come home and dinner's cooked every night and the clothes are hung back in the closet and, you know, the floors are glistening and all of that. But, but here's the thing. I didn't know anybody here except for the people at church and the people that I knew in Chicago. I was now in a different time zone from them and they worked. So I felt less than fulfilled and so we sat down and I said, look, this is driving me crazy. I really need to go out and at least find something to stimulate me. And volunteerism isn't quite it for me. So would you be okay with me finding at least a part-time position? And one of the women in the congregation who, grew, who came to be my dearest friend, and actually she and her husband came to be our dearest friends as a couple outside of even the church, you know what I mean? The church what made it possible for us to uh, find each other. But our friendship lasted even after we were sent to a different, uh, 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 a different congregation. She said, you know, actually they're hiring at the law firm that I work at. And so I ended up getting the job and it was nice for a while. I knew that law wasn't all that I wanted to do, but with the credentials that I brought and the experience that I had, you know, on the on the uh, corporate law side, it really helped a lot because they, I didn't have to learn certain things; I already knew them. You know, how to research a case, how to write a uh, draft, a legal document, blah blah blah. So that turned out well, but I knew that wasn't it for me. So then, when I talk about varied background, then I uh, accepted a call. There was a need for a minister at a church. One of the pastors had left in the middle of the, what they call the conference year. The conference is a yearly meeting where appointments are made. In other words, where pastors are commissioned to go or not. And a pastor had to leave rather abruptly in the middle of a conference year. And they asked me, because I have the credentials to ordination and whatnot, Would I mind filling in? And I said, sure. You know, because I'm thinking, okay, I have some administrative strengths, you know, and and I know how to preach. You know, I've got education. And I ended up uh, falling in love with the congregation and they with me because I don't know if anybody has ever articulated like this, but any body of people congregations families they have their own distinct characteristics and personalities and mine was a really good fit for them and vice versa and so I was there two and a half years and um there were some political things going on in the church not Mm -hmm. in my local congregation but in the leadership and I knew my days were numbered because um Sometimes the Chicago inner thug, (laughs) as I see, comes Mm -hmm. out. And for me, no means no. I don't argue with you because we're all grown. And Mm -hmm. so I said, I I can't do this anymore. I just can't. And I didn't. But I had, you know, children to feed. And as they get older, they want more stuff. And more stuff costs money, Frazier, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I had to find a different way to help meet the bills. And we decided to get our own home as opposed to depending on parsonages, because quite frankly, it's parsonage life is not all that it might appear to be. People think, oh, you got free rent from the congregation. Yeah, but there's tons of terms and conditions that apply. So we got our own home. We call it the official White House because we spell our name with a Y. And so our White House, the W-H-Y-T-E, is where the administration never changes And we don't worry about uh, bipartisan agreements or otherwise, you know, it's mom and dad ruled. So I had to help meet the obligations of the White House. So I got a sales career, answered an ad in the paper, went in and started selling business services for a national company, Mm -hmm. won many awards, went up a little bit the the ladder and um, loved it for... Most of my career there, and here's where the segue into what I'm doing now comes, it wasn't un- I had been there just shy of 11 years
0: mm-hmm.
1: when my husband got sick, oh, yeah. really sick. He had what's called AML, acute myeloid leukemia. And this was not his first round with cancer. He had Uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma which we successfully beat um, almost 10 years before then and I obviously my attention was not on my career as much as it was on keeping his spirits up Mm -hmm. and his will to fight strong and this was more inpatient than the other one had been outpatient so in a nutshell I called out to my divisional vice president at the time. And I said, here's what's going on. You know, I've got a a Bluetooth in one ear and my other ear open because I'm sitting in my husband's hospital room trying to listen in on these company conference calls and trying to be his advocate because with these chemo cocktails, he's sometimes, you know, not truly with it. And they let me know that I, you know, my, my basic thing was I just need some grace with upcoming deadlines, I might need some because my focus is not there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they said to me, So you wanna risk your career or put it on hold after all of these years just because somebody in your family got sick? And, Frazier, I used to talk for a living. Come on, I'm a preacher, I'm a salesperson, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> there ain't many things that get me speechless. But that was one of them. And I realized then, even though it hurt, it stung. It pissed me off.
2: Don't blame I it. realized after a
1: while, it was just business. And so I pretended to work. I left. I had to leave. You know, I, I had to dance with the one who brung me. And I had to leave with the one who brung me. And Jim was that one. And so um, I ended up leaving the company. And finally, he figured it out because he wasn't as out of it as I thought he was. He realized I was in that hospital room a lot more uh, than I was out of it and he, during the day. And he said, what's going on? And I told him, and he said, good. And I said, what? He said, good. It hasn't served you in a long time. And the deal was, when it stopped being fun, when you stopped enjoying it, you were going to leave. I'm like, yeah, but babe, you know we have ongoing expenses while you're here, you know, trying to fight this thing. You know, we got the mortgage, we got the utilities and the, you know, the children want to eat every day. They all gone. it sometimes more than once a day. You know, we've, we've got to make that happen. And he said, you'll find something else. I said, like, what, you know? And he said, start your own business. And I said, what? He said, start your own business. And I said, doing what? He said, doing what you do best. Showing people how to treat each other. And I'm like, you think there's a market for that? He said, yeah. He says, I said, do do you think I could do that? He said, there's a reason why you had more letters of reference on the walls of the office than all of the other salespeople and the manager combined. There's a reason why you lead in referrals. There's a reason why people come back to you time and time again. You know what you're doing. You know how to treat people. You already know in ministry, you have a heart for service. Just find a way to package that for the business world because it's sorely missing. And I said, I'll think about it if you really think I can do it. And he said eight words to me, Frazier, that started me on the path towards what has now become gratitude speak. You want to hear those eight words, or do we need to go to
2: a break? Oh, take a break because what i will do is I'll play some. I'll, I'll play some random music. And we'll do that and we'll uh, come back. Um, I, I'm going to pick a. I think I've got after hearing that story about be the best song. I'll play. I'll play one of Benicio Charles's songs. It's about making a difference, and it's called "We Can Make a Difference," and it's actually a fantastic song. So we'll come back after Benicio Charles, and uh, it's a fantastic song after hearing that, and it's certainly wow and, um, but yeah so we'll hear those eight words that we'll come back after the Benita Charles yeah. mm-hmm. if
0: we could just reach out and take each other's hand
2: Welcome back. That was a Benita Charles song. Just listened to me. have just been hearing a very challenging story. Thank you for my guest, uh, Marcia White. Um, originally from Chicago. Uh, and as I say, if, uh, I like if you're one thing I really like about Chicago is I love watching Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, and Chicago PD, because I cannot get enough of it. I love it. I love watching it. It's addictive. And uh, I have to say, and she might watch herself. I don't know. But we'll come back to see maybe what she does watch on TV. She's got any favorite TV shows that she watches. But before, we'll just come back to this challenge. What are those eight words that your husband said? The eight words he said to me
1: about starting... A new chapter in my life and in business were trust your gut, trust the process, trust God. I'll say that again. Trust your gut, trust the process, trust God. And those words have served me so well because this was a complete and total faith journey. So I began by taking some of the business connections I had, stepping out on faith that I could really do this, that I could get people. First of all, that I could make a business of it, that I could find clients, people to let me come in and do some trainings on, you know, employee engagement, workplace culture, all the things that I now know. I didn't even know of the customer or client experience as being the niche that it is. I just knew this is what I said I was going to do. And just as I started to get a little confident, this conversation with Jim took place in mid July. He was gone the first week of September out of the blue. And I was devastated. And I went into a very dark place for quite a while. And, uh, Through that, it was really a faith journey, you know, in the 23rd Psalm where it says, yea, though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I pitched my tent in that valley because I really felt that I was going to stay there uh, for the rest of my life as I knew it. Thank goodness, you know, I finally came out of it. But when I came out of it, I really had to rethink who I was, why I was here, what I was going to do. You know, I had a family that was looking to me. Um, I had people that were interested in supporting me in business. And I had a promise to honor. And so I pushed through and made gratitude speak all that it is still becoming because I haven't arrived yet. I don't know what it'll look like when I finally feel I have arrived But it's ever-evolving, and as my market grows, and as my client base grows, as my social media following grows, as my message expands, I now know this is where I am to be. And the reason is we've all had, I don't care what country you're in, I don't care what city or township you're in, I don't care whether it's been online or whether it has been in person, we have all seen and probably experienced a bad customer experience. We've had that. You know, a clerk has been nasty. A waitress has been less than, uh, oh, less than um, interested in us. Uh, the, the return has been, you know, horrible. The return policy. We've had uh, charges at the bank that we disputed and it seemed like they didn't care. I mean, there's just all kinds of crazy scenarios. Those don't have to be quite the nightmare they are. And if, especially small businesses, because like I said, big businesses really have departments now that are aware of that. And if they, if they're not, if they're a big business and they're not, please send them my way. Cause I'd love to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the small entrepreneur, like I said, early in the, in the uh, beginning, mm-hmm. Dell, a huge giant in the computer industry. New back in the '90s, the mid '90s, they assigned a customer experience council to track. It's called a customer journey. And so I teach customer journey mapping. Well, here's why it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, friends of Fraser, as we, as it were, 68 percent, according to the United States Small Business um, Association uh, and the United States Chambers of Commerce, this. Statistics, sad as it is, does not vary much year to year over the past few years that they've been collecting this data. Sixty-eight percent of consumers, be they corporate consumers or business consumers, you know, you and me kind of people consumers, 68% say that they would not do repeat business with a particular brand because of a poor client experience. And sometimes brands are so focused on getting new clients, they forget. That if you do something to keep your client retention and referrals up, your revenue will continue to flow. My customer experience icon, Frazier, is the late Walt Disney. Okay. You know, and he's my icon for several reasons. Number one, the Disney Leadership Institute is a global phenomenon that teaches people all over the world you know, yearly how to take care of customers, as they call them, guests in Disney World, but he said something. He said, whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that people will come back to see you do it again and again. And they will want to bring others to show them what you do and how you do it so well. That's my mission for Gratitude Speak, to teach business owners, to get them to understand as entrepreneurs and brand managers, the importance of Not, you know, making everything so cheesy and cheeky, but really having a good, solid workplace culture because happy team members, be they remote or a big, you know, large employee base, if they are engaged and they buy into the company's mission, vision, and values and align that with how they serve, you will have less uh, what they call customer churn. Which is the, if you can say, the churning of a wheel where customers fall off. So if you're interested in client retention, referrals, and revenue, which are the three mainstays of business, you need to take your customer experience seriously, and that's what Gratitude Speak is all about.
2: That's what I've uh, do with one of my clients, uh, new clients recently. Actually, I, I start because I showed them a way of cleaning because I clean their uh off what's well, a doctor's surgery but I help save them money by showing them a different way and products to buy because it's uh, not just i usually I do contracts I provide the products uh for cleaning but this is just labour only and I help them save I'm starting to save them money in there so in our process of cleaning which is better and which is uh it's cost effective basically uh so it's mm-hmm. not using and a lot of, and that's what I like to do. I think I understand understand what you mean by cheesy. There's a lot of um, people you hear who try and s- sell their business, or, and it just sounds really, oh, it's just sound. It's so cheesy. It's hard. It's cringeworthy to watch. Yeah, and you must yeah, exactly. you see you must feel that and you go. And does this person, do you, this kind of person, really know what they're talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you wonder. And I, I I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not going to say any names, but, but I certainly <laughs> had that experience uh, as well. But there's something you listen to them, you, you feel like they're just, uh, yeah, you just have to kind of, it's people, you, you see that and you go, really? You really know what you're talking about you're in business? And you just, it just sounds so, it's the kind of, this, it's, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's people you like, it's the kind of, it's the, I, I'm doing the next one video, but it's not doing video, We're actually just going to be audio only. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> it's the kind of, is they waving their arms in the air and the kind of glamour and thinking they're kind of, to make it look really sound interesting, but at the moment it's just reeks of cheese, literally. Uh, yes. And it's just like, yes. Uh, really? And people and just, know,
1: people know they have choices and they'll make those choices and leave you to be scratching your head thinking, why did they leave? You know, and meanwhile, your industry colleagues are really don't like the word com- competition because I think there's enough for all of us. And that's not yeah. naivete. I mean, there's seven plus billion people in the world. Come on. We can- one one company can't service them all. Yeah. But your industry colleagues are out there saying, Yeah, we'll take much better care of you. We'll take at least, you know, as good a care of you, if not better, and they'll give them the chance because competition mm-hmm. is but a mouse click away. Yeah. It's just one tab away. People can sit on their phones and pull up a different website. You know, it doesn't take a lot to research what's going on in whatever field you're in whatever industry you're in whatever city or town or country or county you're in and so it's competitive it's and um here's the thing customer experience is the new competitive battleground it really is people are businesses are becoming more aware and more aware every day that it is how that customer feels through all of the processes including the follow-up that makes them decide to stay or to go, you know, they'll give you a chance. But if you don't show that you appreciate them, that, you know, you honor their decision to do business with you, they'll move right on to the next one. And you'll be again, left scratching your head. So what I do is vital. What I do is viable. What I do works. It's, it's an enjoyable thing. You know, but we look at, uh, as you call it, from the rooter to the tutor of your business. You know what I mean? Um, We've got to figure out, let's look at mission, vision, values. Let's look at employee engagement. And let's look at, you know, the company workplace culture. And let's look at your systems and see what's the journey look like. And so it's it's, it's a complex, but not a difficult. You know, I don't want anybody to think it's daunting. But the thing is to enjoy it because all it does is make your company and your brand stronger and able to serve more powerfully and more consistently in your marketplace space.
2: So there you go. So what we'll do is we'll take a very. What we'll do is a quick quick break within our song and we'll be back. um, I'll take a random mix and uh, play a song. We'll come back with Marcia and uh, we'll find out where you can connect with Marcia and Marcia. Basically, where you can reach out to. Her. I have to say, uh, I it's been really, inter- really interesting interview. How you, just hearing the background of her journey, and I like to. It's good. I'm glad she was more. I'm glad she was open and very open to the just her life. And it's been. It's certainly the struggle with her. I think near the end, with her husband, which is obviously, which is shown. Certainly, given the direction of where she is now, and it does, as in life we are, we do go into these different paths, and we do, our path is there for a reason, and you cross paths with people for a reason, and you meet, yeah, and things happen for a reason. So, um, the good thing is that she's, where she is now, uh, she's, and I'm sure, wherever her path is going forward, uh, whether it's to stay what she's doing or something different, I'm sure she'll, wherever happens, it'll be the right path at the moment. She's where, and she's serving people through helping the businesses and the entrepreneur, which is great. And we just pray that we'll, hopefully she'll continue to do that and things will continue to grow for her. Uh, but we're back after the song and you can uh, as i say you can uh, connect we'll find out where you can connect with her and do business with her even though i almost forgot about the podcast tonight because i was cooking a chicken <laughs> and so and we talked about it earlier i thought i think we forgot about my podcast over a chicken but anyway <laughs> so we almost turned this podcast into a food podcast but we didn't but i'm sure we can talk about food later on our time which is always good but it's always good to talk about food and, and different recipes and things but uh as I say, where well, you can connect with my guests, uh, you might be able to talk food as well and connect with share some recipes. And if you can't cook, I'm sure she'll help you learn. <laughs> so, but uh, we'll be back, back after this.
3: sun, But now there's raindrops You're thinking how you can make it stop Thoughts and prayers are sent along But they don't fix what is really wrong We think we're awake, but we stand strong to your star How can I think when there's such unrest Every time I think my face gets wet Things are said but nothing's ever done We need some changes for the long. With all their friends We make the change And this all ends Joey's in class With his textbook He's not worried He feels safe Just look Now the sun is shining In the parking lot And there's not a single Raindrop
0: Buddy, pat voss here your local broadcaster and voiceover guy for voiceovers contact me now at broadcasterpat@gmail.com at gmail.com or dm me on twitter and instagram at gldn voice underscore shine now to hear me on the radio go to 98.3 fm wrlr the voice of lake county either the website or the tune-in app now and again thank you so much to ramsey unleashed going beyond borders podcast and now back to the show
2: and welcome back to the final part. And, uh, my guests, I thank you for the time we've had and uh, thank you for being on the show, Marcia. Thank you, thank you so much. I've
1: enjoyed it, had discussed lots of things. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I am a really good time. Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. I do like to keep it unleashed and keep it uh, kind of raw and real. It's all about being real, it's not about it. as in, in the day, I suppose, as she said, you don't like the cheese. Um, we do like the cheese, but not that cheese, but uh. As I say, it's good to keep it real and keep it fresh and to and yeah, so inspire people. And hopefully that by listening to Marcia, she's even feel inspired in some way and want to connect and go forward. So as I say, tell us where people can connect with you. We will have your links. That's my phone. We will have the links uh, in the show notes where people can connect with Marcia or like Facebook or Instagram or whatever uh, links that she sends us. And we'll have all that in the show notes. Uh, so please tell us where people can connect with you. Well, I'm on social media as Gratitude
1: Speak, no S at the end. And the reason for Gratitude Speak is it's a language all its own, just like medical jargon and legalese. So Gratitude Speak, one word. On Facebook, however, you my, my business page is Gratitude Speak, B-I-Z, Gratitude Speak Biz. But on Instagram, on LinkedIn, um, and on yeah, link, LinkedIn and Instagram, it's just Gratitude Speak. Facebook is Gratitude Speak Biz. If you'd like a call with me, you can go to bit.ly forward slash speak with Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, speak with Marsha. And I have a little gift. I know you'll have it in the show notes, Fraser, but I have a gift for your audience, for those who would like to download a PDF of my first book which is which was my bestseller. It's called Gratitude Speak, From Loss to Leadership, and it's the backstory of my brand and my personal journey. So um, there is a BIT, uh, there's a bit.ly link for that, and I will give that to you in the show notes. Um, unless you'd like me to say it here, it's really your call.
2: Well, oh, uh, I just, uh, people remember it, they can, as I said, be in the show notes and uh, they can uh, just tell, tell us uh... Oh, so bit.ly
1: uh, B-I-T forward slash capital g capital s that's for gratitude speak hyphen uh capital summit s-u-m-m-i-t and then capital g-i-f-t all okay. right so we'll i then. think it'll be easier oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure <laughs> if i just put it in the show notes
2: yeah. yes uh that's cool well is there anybody else people can connect with you or anything else um they
1: can always reach out to me again at bit.ly forward slash speak with Marsha, or they can email me at Marsha MARCIA at gratitudespeak.com. Cool. Marsha MARCIA at gratitudespeak.com.
2: And we can maybe, uh, is someone, sometime down the line, we can actually discuss. How many books have you written? Three. So we can maybe down the line, we can do a part two. And um, we can talk about our <laughs> books. Uh, I will say we appreciate Well two are
1: actually books and then one is a journal. So okay, Which would make you, a lovely uh gift. There
2: mm-hmm. we go. So there's something we can uh, you can maybe do a party and talk about our books and our journal and uh briefly on, uh, on our time. And uh, but as I say, we appreciate the gift to people you can download the book and our free PDF, uh, PDF and the link will be in the show notes. Uh, as I say. So as again, thank you. Thank you for the time. The pleasure was mine. Thank you. And I've scarred you for life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. A... <laughs> but I'm probably going to do some cooking after this because you've made me hungry and it's getting on to dinner time now.
2: Well, and I'll have, what... visions.
1: I'll have visions this evening of you eating your chicken with that wonderful dressing in there. So,
2: Well, you can uh, check out my story. and You'll see how I made it. I'm going to post the pictures of it cooked now. And then uh, that's what I'm going to do. So. Uh, and it needs to be like, we try it and go from there so yeah, that's what I've done, something <laughs> different so it's all good, all good well, anyway, thank you for being on the show and thank you for everything and we'll, uh, I'll, yeah and to everyone who's listening, have a great one and have a ne- till next thing. I do have some upcoming guests, I have a, a, a previous guest I'm uh, interviewing Tequila Adolph uh, all the way from Texas uh, I'm going to talk about her topic is diverticulitis and I've also got uh, a, a i the name. Dominatrix. That's what we're going to do. Somebody who has been through a, a, a rough uh, part in her life, but it also is how she's turned her life around and making, let's say, making lots of cash. As some to say. Uh, but well, uh, that will be one another person you can uh, go here and may want to connect with as well. And as I say, maybe may want to connect with Marsha as well. Uh, and anyway, so to everyone, take it easy. Have a great one, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. All the best. Bye for now.